Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. We back at it again with another episode. Um, I got Shy and George with me, and today we're here to talk about none other than the Miami Heat, of course. And I don't know, man. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna keep it a hundred percent with y'all. Like I know we're coming off of a win, so you know we always gotta stay positive for that, but. It's been such a roller coaster, man. It feels like every time we do something good, we then back it up with something that's completely terrible. You know, we had like we won like two straight games. Uh, I think one was a blowout game against Memphis, and that made me really emotional. Because one thing I gotta understand is that we don't really be blowing out teams like that, especially this season. You know, so I know guys were missing for that game when it, when you look at how it was for Memphis. But, you know, when you look at it for Miami, like, damn, the fact that they actually blow a team out, like, that's the thing that shocks me the most. Like, I'm just kind of pleased that they did it. But then you go into this game against Chicago, you go into the fact that Miami had like two days off. Yeah, they had two days off. And then you have the fact that, we literally were playing a team that was coming off of a back-to-back, a game where they had to go to overtime against the Timberwolves, and we still found a way to lose. We made Patrick Beverly look like he was freaking, I don't know. I mean, who who can we compare him to? Steve Nash? I don't freaking know. But that man had like 11 straight points at one point, I think. He had like 14 points in the second quarter. It was just a terrible game. It was a nightmare. You have that. You have the fact that I think they said something like apparently Chicago only makes like 10 threes a game, and yet we had them drop 11 at one point. Like the game wasn't even over, and they dropped 11 on us before the game was well before over. And I'm just kind of – I was at the point where I was mentally out of it. We then played Detroit the following night, and we made that look like a dogfight because, of course, we did. But, you know, a win is a win, I guess. So, you know, hip, hip, hooray. Bottom line, though, is I was just not I, – I just can't say I'm completely pleased with everything. And there's still a long way to go. I mean, there's still a chance we can get out of the play-in. But, man, like, I, I'm just kind of tired with all these L's. And I just want to know how y'all feel about it. Like, are y'all feeling positive? Are y'all at least trying to be positive? Or is it mainly negative from you guys? We'll start off with you, George. I mean, there's there's a bit of both sprinkled in there, a bit of positive, a bit of negative. Um, I I sit here and I look at the the last four games as a, it's it's more as what we've seen mostly through through the season with the um with the heat. It's been pretty t- inconsistent. Um, it's hard to get things going at times, and it's hard to um to initiate our, our, our offense. And the only thing really keeping us afloat at the moment is is the reemergence of a of a pretty uh, it's a pretty average Jimmy Butler season. So he, he's come out of the All-Star break and turned into playoff Jimmy. And he's been doing a 99 out 
and you see a lot of what what that's you know what that's come for the Heat, and that's um translated into, into some really good wins, uh, and also some interesting stats from their teammates, uh, like players like Bam, players like Hero that that doesn't they don't seem like they're um p- playing as well. I, I feel like most of the season Jimmy's been the second third option coming into any game, and now they're having to readjust to a really dominant Jimmy Butler which is what they're going to see in the playoffs as well. So it's a good indication of what's going to come then. Um, good news is they still have time. There's still nine games left to um, to really figure out how to play with that sort of uh, version of Jim Butler because we've never seen Bam and Avaya have a season like this and we haven't really seen Tyler Hero um, have, a, have a starting uh, lineup career like this. So they've still got nine games to, to really gel it all together. Hopefully they can. Bam's had a pretty disappointing post-All-Star break. Uh, Tal here has been uh, pretty good. I'll say I'll say pretty good. So I'm I'm happy to see what he's doing there. Uh, I I agree with your statement saying, you know, the, the Heat make everything a dogfight as well. So I I I hate that sort of thing. <laughs> I, I part of me loves it, part of me hates it because part of me loves to watch the Heat play exciting, you know, end to end games. But when it's against the players, the teams like the Pistons. Or the Bulls, or the Jazz, or the Magic—it it, just—I don't know—it just doesn't feel right. So, I don't know. It's been—it's been an interesting last four games, but um, informative for sure. Right. And how about you, Shai? Shai, you there? All right. So, if you're speaking right now, we can't hear you. Um, try one more time. Three, two. One, all right. So, Shy, if you're talking right now, we can't hear you. So, um, while we wait for Shy to get reconnected, I mean, I'm gonna just come out and say this. Like, I think you hit it right on the dot, George. Like, as like what I mentioned earlier, I still feel like there's more than enough time for the Heat. I just simply don't want to see them keep throwing games that we should be winning. Like, you know, whether if it was that game against Chicago or really all the other games that we've lost in the past, because, you know, a stat we put up on the Heat versus the World page was the fact that losing to Chicago gave us our 15th loss to a team that's below 500. So, I mean, we're not going to win all of our games, of course, but to lose 15 games to teams that can't even stay above 500 is insane. And let's see, Shy, are you there right now? All right. So I, I thought I heard something for a second, but yeah. So for me, it's like, if we can just keep it together and then go through what we got to go through, then I'm fine because right now we don't even know what's going to happen with the standings. I mean, and before we even continue, like one question I want to ask y'all is who do you guys even want to play in the playoffs? Because we're in an interesting situation with the standings where the Celtics and Sixers are neck and neck with one another. Like I think the Celtics are still the two seed, but like the Sixers are just barely behind them. I don't know. Like it's getting to a point where I'm looking into this and I, I'm I'm kind of curious to see what y'all got to say because for me personally, I would rather play Philly over Boston. And the reason why is simply because of the fact that I do not trust James Harden and all that. So 
it's an interesting scenario because you don't know if you're going to be the two seed or the three seed. And you don't want to play with your food if you're Miami because obviously you want to avoid the playing. So, like, George, how do you personally feel? Like, who is the dream matchup you have in mind for the Heat in the first round? Assuming that it's either going to be Philly or Boston or maybe Milwaukee if you see us falling to the eight seed. Yeah, look, I, I don't see us uh, venturing well against Boston or Milwaukee. I'll give us the best chance against the uh, the Seventy Sixers. We've got a pretty good history, uh, you know, when uh, when we face them. So, if I had to choose one, it's going to be definitely Philly. Uh, I just feel like they they match up well enough with them that they could actually make it a pretty interesting series. The Boston series, that's. It's just it's just going to be extremely difficult to, to shut down two of the hottest players in the league right now, in, in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So I, I feel like they're going to have they're going to struggle there, and Milwaukee looks still as dominant as when they won their ring. So I, I give us our best chance against the 76ers uh, for an interesting series. It all comes down to it, it, in terms of winning how the role players play because we we know for you know for a fact that it's it's not been it's just not been pretty watching players like Oladipo struggle, uh, players like Struis Robertson, uh, even Kevin Love at times. Who, who I, I, I don't even know if his impact outweighs what you know what the hype was for him. Uh, it's just not been what we've expected. But at the same time, it's it's still pretty early days to see what he can do. But these these role plays, these these you know backup guys. And even some of the starting lineup guys are really, really got to like step it up and 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 figure it out. And I know that's rich with nine games of a season left, but you have to figure out something at the end of the day. You know, like you, we're, we're still reintroducing players into the lineup even today. You know, you had seven came back. Um, we've seen him have a really poor start. Carl uh, Harris come back and actually had a really decent impact. Seeing him on, coming off the bench is one of the more interesting, um, you know, talking points so far. But even players like Caleb Martin doesn't look like he's struggling as much now. Coming off the bench, I feel like that's his natural position to come and back up Jimmy Butler. But players like Gabe Vincent as well, who um, there were reports of him looking for a $50 million extension. So I don't know what's going to happen there. I, I don't think he's played well enough to to garner a contract of that magnitude. Wait, who said, wait, who for $50 million? They, they uh, apparently... Gabe Vince is looking for a oh, wait, no, no, no. So I know what you're talking about. That was bait because they were trolling after the fact that um Austin Reeves was oh, a Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. I've been bamboozled. So that's what that <laughs> I've been bamboozled. I, I don't all right. Well, besides that, they he still needs to to really improve his um his game. I, I don't see how he can even look towards a contract like that, but I don't know if that's probably not the case. But even players like Tyler Hero as well. Like Tyler Hero's had a, he's excelled mostly this season. He's definitely struggled against some of the worst teams, some of the better teams. Sorry, in the um in the NBA. But if he can kind of put it all together and figure out, you know, how how they're going to do in the in a playoff series, especially against like a Philly, who they're pretty on par right now uh, with one of the best teams in the NBA. Uh, and Bede's still having an MVP caliber season. Harden looks to be really comfortable in his role. Max has come back from his injuries, looks really, really good. But they've also got a really a good cast of bench pieces 
good enough. They, they sort of have one of the better benches in the NBA, but it's still productive with the additions of uh, players like Paul Reed as well, who, who, who've played well for them. But yeah, I'm mean, look. I'll, I'll say that we've got our best chance against Philly uh, instead of um, you know a team like Boston or a, a Milwaukee. Right. And Shai, are you finally able to um speak? Let's try it out. My bad, y'all. Can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Let's go. So <laughs> <laughs> technical difficulties, but um as far as I know you asked me before my mic went out, uh what I think about the season at this exact moment. It's typical Miami Heat behavior. Um, we win two, then we lose two, or, you know, we win one and then we lose, you know what I mean? So that back and forth I'm used to, like you said, it was nice to win by more than six points when we beat the Grizzlies the other day. It's it's nice when we can at least get like 10 point leads, um, anything above Anything in the range of like six to ten points is a good win for us because we've been winning by like two points <laughs> in like multiple games. So I'm happy with it. I'm not happy with Bam's post um, post All Star stats, like George was saying. That didn't take me by surprise though because I knew once he got into that groove and he started feeling himself that he was gonna start sliding backwards i don't know what it the all-star game that makes people just like completely shift their whole focus but i would love for him to get back being aggressive and being confident like i'm used to seeing um hero hero's been looking good as usual you know hero's number one stand so for all the hero haters out here i'm checked in and i, I believe in boy wonder so um between that and even our bench guys, Struess has been warming up his shot a little bit more. I, I like to see when they fall, but I definitely don't like to see when they're not going in because it, it really hurts us more than it helps sometimes. So I, it's like I'm impressed, but I'm not super impressed. I think we'll, I think we'll, uh, we have some promise though. Like I'm being hopeful. Right. And, you know, um, and then we were um, discussing like, which is probably the more ideal team you'd want to play in the first round? Because right now, like, the more realistic options for us is probably a team like Boston or Philly or maybe even Milwaukee if we some way somehow drop to the eighth seed. So which is, like, the most ideal team you'd want to play in that first round series? I'm going to go with Boston because it'll be familiar, and I think it will bring out the best type of aggression from us like the best type of like dog mentality um i think the celtics will be our best matchup i mean it's gonna give everybody ptsd but it might be worth it i don't know no i like that i like that mentality because you know what the thing with um boston is that you know this is a team that i feel like we know very well and they know us and I know the Heat will definitely try to get revenge against the Celtics after what happened last year. So I definitely see where you're going with it, where it could light a fire under Miami to, you know, really take their game up to the next level. Because 
One thing with Miami that's so weird is that, you know, they'll have these games where they'll play terrible against God knows who, and they'll make certain scrubs look like Hall of Famers. But when it's time to bowl out against, like, a team like Boston or whoever, they'll do that. Now, obviously, you know, we don't know how consistent it could be in a seven-game series. But, you know, I think putting them out against a team like Boston immediately could definitely help. For me personally, though, I do have to side with George regarding wanting to play Philly in the first round because at the same time, it's like I just don't know if Boston or Milwaukee is a team that I really want to play because at the end of the day, like, and, you know, you guys mentioned it, especially um, you, um, Shai, like, the the thing with um the Sixers is that I know they got, like, um an MVP candidate in Joel Embiid and, you know, they have the whole thing with James Harden being in an adjusted role and all that. But for me personally, it's like, I just don't trust them. Like, there's just something about that team and the fact that they have Doc Rivers of all people on that squad. So I know those are things that I shouldn't probably take into factor because it still doesn't mean that they can't get out the first round. But I don't know. Like... I love our chances because as long as we have Jimmy Butler on the squad and as long as Bam is playing the way that we need him to play, there's no reason why we can't beat them in the first round series. And listen, like, you know, I mean, Shai, like you said, you're a big hero fan. And, you know, one thing I always tell people is that, you know what, I'm going to need Tyler to give me like 20 points a game. Like, Come playoff time, I'm going to need him to bowl out so that my guy Jimmy can do his thing without having to worry about us still taking the L's. So if he can come out and give us like 20-something per game, like by all means, man, he could do whatever he wants. He could go hang out with Katya for however long he wants to be with her. Do whatever you want, man. Like, just give me my 20 points per game come playoff time and help me get Jimmy his ring, and then you got zero problems with me. You know what I'm saying, guys? Like, <laughs> and Katya to this. Yo, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> By all means, I-, I just need Jimmy to get his ring. So, <laughs> you know, whatever it takes, man, I'm I'm all for it. But before we continue, I just got a quick word from my sponsor, Um, NBA fans and college basketball fans, the biggest tournament in college basketball is underway and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. And you can also get 100 Okay, yeah, I already said that. My bad, y'all. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. And DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long. So be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. And then, you know, y'all got the Heat. I mean, I'm sorry, y'all. We be talking about the Heat too much. So this is kind of a new thing for me. We got the Canes and FAU in the Sweet 16. And I don't know. They're playing some tough competition. FAU is going to be playing Tennessee. And then um, who is it? UM is going to be playing Houston. But I'm always riding with my South Florida team. So I got them both advancing to the Elite Eight. Am I right? I don't know, but still put your money on it and let's go from there. But aside from that, um, code, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code 
TBPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. I believe that's the code. I ain't sure. This this script is acting up a bit. Aside from that, let's get back to the show. So we talked about the Heat and where they stand and then the potential teams that they could go after. Now, I want to look into the actual squad itself because, you know, we recently got the return of Kyle Lowry, and some people were happy about it, some people weren't. But it's been such an up-and-down season that whenever a player comes back from injury, you can't help but think, like, could this guy save our squad? Even if it is someone like a Kyle Lowry who's not really had that good of a year. And, you know, I was like this when Duncan Robinson came back from that finger injury a few weeks back. Like, yeah, I mean, Duncan was not that good. And, like, yeah, like, the dude has been bricking like crazy. But at this point, when our three-point shooting has been so bad, like, I can't help but be like, could this guy be the savior for the squad? So, you know, we come in and we got Kyle Lowry back. And, you know, he hasn't been, like, prime K-Low, but even then, like, I'm at the point where I'm fine with anything, and he's taking on the role of being a guy that comes off the bench, which I think is kind of good. I mean, I personally am not too fond of Gabe Vincent being our starting point guard because y'all know how he's been. Like, the man has been inconsistent, but at this point, it is what it is because I feel like I can't complain about anything with this team now because, you know, there's been so much going on, but... I want to know from y'all, like, how have y'all personally felt about Kyle Lowry's return? And are we ready for him to save the Miami Heat? We'll start off with you, Shire. Honestly, like you said, I think we're getting desperate. Like, Kyle returning should not be making us so hype or even giving us any hope. <laughs> like, I don't know where that narrative came from, but I understand exactly what you mean, like, you don't know at this point who's going to step up, who's going to be the savior, but we know we need help. And Kyle does have that veteran mentality, and he's got that dog in him. He shows up when he need when we need him the most. So I do feel like he changes the equation for our team. At first I was like, oh, I don't really care. You know, let's start Vincent. Let's see how he does. But now I'm like, all right, you know, it's just not um, – the chemistry is not there with Vincent. Like We can't force it. So, personally, right. I would love for Kyle to keep getting some more minutes. Uh, I think we're going to need him, especially come playoff time. Gotcha. And how about you, George? I think most people know where I stand on, on Kyle Lowry. I feel like it was an unfair uh, unfair expectation of him to walk into this franchise and be that final piece, uh, giving his age and stuff like that. And he's been in pretty much – one system of, uh, of of Toronto basketball for his entire career, or the sorry, the majority of his career, he's played for a few organizations. But to go in and just his uh his outlook to the Miami Heat, it just did it just didn't happen. So, like I said, I didn't I didn't really place much expectation on him coming into the season. I didn't think he was going to play that great. I didn't think he was going to be as bad as he did. He there was a stretch of, of games there where he was averaging under twenty percent uh field goal percentage in the first half. I think it was like eight games in a row before his injury. And I don't think that was due to his injury. I just think that he, he immensely checked out. You saw some uh, reports of him and, and some of the stuff he was saying, saying that, uh, you know, it was getting to him and, and people were, you know, he, he, I think he was looking at 
a lot of what the fans were saying on Twitter, Twitter and places like that. He underperformed massively this season, and his injury came at a time where you know we needed him the most, and and there was you know reports of a lingering injury. I don't think that that was the case. I think that he had uh, mentally checked out. I, th- I thought for sure he was gone by the trade deadline, but uh, the, the Heat not being able to find a suitor for him meant that he stayed. And I made the call that he wouldn't play another second in Heat jersey. Uh, I was wrong. So he's back now. And I always said that if he just came off the bench and wasn't making that much money, he'd be the perfect <laughs> perfect backup point guard. But at the end of the day, we're, we're still paying him close to $30 million. Uh, and he's come back to a bench role, and he's looked pretty pretty settled in there. I, I said that we should have put him in the bench uh, a, a while back, but like I said, like uh, Joel pointed out, Gabe Vincent has been less than impressive over the last eight or ten games. He's he's just inconsistent uh, as a player. Like he'll come out and he'll have a really good stretch of games, uh, and then we'll absolutely stink it up and give us the Carl Harris stat line, but. Focusing on Larry himself on the bench, he's actually had a really, really solid run, averaging 60% over his last four and 60% from three as well on 3.8 attempts. That's that, those are good numbers. Those are really good numbers. He's averaging nine points, three, three and a half boards, four and a half assists, uh, and, and half a steal. So I'm looking for him to grow in that bench role and really flourish. But there's also a part of me that says, you know what, if he's playing this well. Might as well put him back in the starting lineup before the season ends, because come playoff time, you don't want to be able to, you don't want to be having to reintroduce players to a starting lineup that they haven't been a part of for the better part of uh, thirty or so games. So, I, I, I just, I'm more intrigued now to see what a 36 year old Carl Lowry can do come to the end of the season of what where his role lies now. I still think that the, the best option for him is to come off the bench. And really garner that uh, the the skills of the um of of the bench and really try and activate something that we just haven't seen off our bench. We've had the second, this sorry, the last rated bench in the NBA coming off a season where we had the first first seed and the best bench in the NBA to now being you know fluctuating between anywhere between six and and eight and ten, um, and and having the worst rated bench. So I. He he always striked me as a player that that could come into the to any team and, and get us going. When he came into the team last year, one thing he really excelled in was when there were the injuries to to Jim Butler, uh, Bam, and, and Tyler at times when we, we were struggling with even fielding eight players at a time, and we were signing ten day guys. Kyle Lowry was still the standout point. The fact that he was coming in every night and really giving those players the best chance to succeed. Players like Carl Guy. Um, and and you know ten day ten day contract people like that, he was still the best player on the at the court a lot of the time. So him being off the bench and playing this well isn't surprising, but it will, what will be surprising is how they're going to use him. Uh, you know, come to the end of the season and come playoff time, if he can excel, or he can you know if he regress or stay the way he is. Right, and you know one thing I'll say is that. You know, one thing for Kyle was that I was always um, infatuated with the idea of him coming off of the bench, mainly because, I don't know, it seems like some of his best performances have come with playing with, you know, some of the non-starters on the squad. Because probably his best game of the season came in that loss against Washington. 
don't know if y'all remember it. It was back in November. I think it was the first time we played them. And we basically had most of our squad out for that game. Like Jimmy, Bam, and a lot of other guys were out. I think we only had like eight or seven active players on our squad for that game. And although we didn't win, like Kyle was looking really good, you know, like people were really impressed with it. I was impressed with it, you know, and people were mentioning how, you know, Kyle looks really nice with a lot of these lower tiered players that he has to um share the court with. And when I mean lower tier, I'm talking about, you know, either G League guys or guys that, like I said, aren't, aren't in the starting lineup. So, you know, it was honestly something impressive to see from him. So when I look back at that game, you know, it had me thinking, what would it be like for him to be a bench player? And, you know, it was an idea that, like I said, I was really infatuated with. But then you have the whole fact that, you know, like we mentioned earlier, you ha- you would then have to start a guy like Gabe, you know, in the lineup. And it's not something that I'm too fond about because, as we mentioned, this is a guy that's been inconsistent. And, you know, I just want someone that could play that point guard role and can just flourish in it in that starting lineup because, Obviously, things have not been working for Kyle there, but he's doing pretty good in that backup role, which is what pleases me the most right now. And bottom line, like, I don't know, man, but Kyle Lowry, I'm just counting on him to be the savior for this team because I'm at the point where I just need everything to go well. You know, like, you know, one thing that I've always said is that on this part is that I feel like the best thing is going to happen come playoffs time. Like, not only the fact that I think that Kyle is going to look nice because why the hell not, but I'm thinking that everything can go well, whether if it's our three-point shooting just magically turns into elite shooting. Like, I have this whole thing, and if y'all have listened to the pods, y'all know where I've been going with it, where last season we were shooting amazing for the whole regular season, but come playoff time, we were awful with it. This season, like, we've been awful with it throughout the whole year. But, you know, the playoffs, we can maybe hit that reverse card and have a complete opposite of last year where we're shooting elite from the (laughs) come playoff time. So by all means necessary, man, I'm at that point where I'm ready to believe anything because screw it, we bowl. And that's literally it for me. So if if y'all are listening, Miami Heat, I'm still going to believe in y'all. I still think y'all are going to win the championship. So don't let me down because y'all tr- y'all got to get Jimmy Butler his championship. And I'm not going to give up until he gets that ring. So I'm going to just leave it at there. Um, before we get into our final topic, is there anything that y'all want to add? I'm- uh, I'll put something out there as well. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I was just looking into the numbers as well and seeing – uh, that you know, I I claim that Bam Adebayo is still having a, a a rough start after the All Star break as well. But I feel like I want to talk about the fact that he's he's kind of turned it around a small bit in the last four to five games. Uh, he's he's averaging in his last five 20, 20 points a game, eight rebounds, four assists, uh, steal and a block and a half on fifty three percent shooting. So I I I feel like the Heat's success will lie in how Bam and Abaya takes the next step because we've seen in in past playoff uh, performances that sometimes, uh, no, sorry, not sometimes, all the time that players like Tyler and Bam while having an excellent regular season will, will fall off come playoff time. It's going to be really interesting to see how, how he takes his game to the next level 
come playoff time being that sort of first option at times. And and I'm I'm really happy to be able to say that as well because I've always wanted first option Bam feeling like this team has the best chance of success when he has the ball in his hands. Um, you know, in the low post, being able to get to his jump, his jump shot and and get free reign in the paint. But um we I did an interview the other day with um with Israel Gutierrez and he he pointed out something as well that Tyler's actually been um a catalyst for Bam's rise and Bam's um you know progression forward because Tyler has taken that uh playmaker playmaker role more seriously this year as well and we see it a lot where he 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 definitely chucks some passes that will end up in the third row but sometimes he'll you know he I've seen a lot of the times he'll pass out to an open Max Struess or an open uh Victor Oladipo Hayward Highsmith at times even Bam and Abayo trying to get the shots and while the assist numbers don't really reflect that from Tyler Hero, I feel like that he really take he really gives Bam that best chance of moving forward. So, I I, I want to just get your guys' perspective as well. How do you think the the, the front three tangent will work come playoff time? Do you think Tyler will take that that um more advanced playmaking role, or do you think he'll try and get his shot going more more consistently? Um, and that goes as well with Bam. Do you think Bam will be able to to be as good as he's been in the regular season? as now, or do you think it's going to be more of the same? I think, for me personally, I think Bam will keep it up. I think he's going to have a good playoffs because, you know, there were times where he really showed that, you know, even when we're in a tough situation, you know, he's always going to put it out on the floor. Like, some of his best games last year, you know, we saw it when the Heat really had their backs against the wall, you know. Whether if it was game three against Boston where Jimmy unexpectedly had to sit out that whole second half, you know. Or was it that game? Yeah, it was that game. You know, who was it? Bam came in and he helped lead this team to victory. And if we lost that, we would have been down two games to one. And, you know, it could have been a much earlier exit for us going from there. But he was able to help Miami win that game. And I think he had like 30. And then you look back at some of the other games as well. You know, game game seven against Boston, too. Like, I think, I forgot his exact number, but, you know, we all look at Jimmy having 35. And then at the same time, a guy like Bam, who I forgot his number, but he was also getting up there and making plays when Miami needed it the most. So I personally, as long as Bam can do his thing, and like you mentioned, just be what he is in the regular season now and, you know, be a guy that Jimmy can rely on. That's all that matters to me. You know, be that all-star that we saw you be this season. And Tyler, on the other hand, I mean, I honestly don't know because the problem with Tyler is that, you know, he's always struggled with it, struggled with being that third best player that we need him to be. And, it's to a point where I don't know what's going to happen because I get it. He's really young, but you know what this team is trying to accomplish. And personally, we just got to see what happens with him when it comes to getting his shot. Like if he can hit his shot, that's good. But if he's the problem is if he's looking for a shot and he's breaking it, you're in a tough situation because it's like, we know he's not that good of a defender. 
So if he's not making his shots and he's trash at being a guy that can clamp another player up, you're putting yourself in a situation where this guy's on the floor and basically being food for the other team. And I don't want that to be the situation for Miami. So I don't know. Like, that's such – it's easy for me to answer it. I think Joel's having some um, technical difficulties, so I'll, I'll t- pick up from his conversation as well and draw to some of his points. I, I, I think that Tyler Hero um, is the biggest X factor moving into the playoffs alongside Bam and Abayo. So I, I think that they're going to have they're going to have to figure it out if they're going to try and beat teams like you know your Milwaukee's, your your Celtics, and and your 76ers as well. Seeing that that's going to be a real tough What's up? Can you hear me? against players like that. Um, I hear you, but it sounded like George just said that Tyler was the savior that we're looking for. I'm not gonna lie; I don't know if I'm misinterpreting that, but but it sounds I, like George. I'm said- saying he. <laughs> I think he's got the potential to be like that as well. I, I I've always I've given him a hard time this season saying that he doesn't really pick up his his, his act against uh, really really good teams, and I think that's still a, a factor and it's still a um uh you know something that that I see on a regular occurrence. I see that he'll he'll cook teams like Utah. And, he'll, and he, had, he had that really amazing stretch of four games, five games, but it was against uh, the, the the lowest rated teams in the NBA. You know, your Oklahomas, your Jazzers, your teams like that. I just feel that, especially more recently as well, he's looked really, really solid in terms of getting his own shot, getting into the clutch and, and being able to, to take over some sort of way. So it's been, it's been really interesting to see like how he's kind of putting it together. But... At the same time, this core has a history of having one or two really good performers and one really struggling. So, they're going to figure out a way where they can maximize all three of their um, of their plays at the same time. That's the only way you're going to get it going in the playoffs. And it also takes a lot of stress off the bench, which is is ironic because that's supposed to be the bench's job, take the stress off the starters when you know giving them a rest. But we've learned that no, the the, the non Bam and non Jimmy minutes are impossible. They really are impossible. You can't be fielding a team of, you know, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, um, Caleb Martin, uh, Hayward Highsmith, and Zeller. Like you can't, you can't do that. We struggle way too much, and and we see that at least one of those two have to be on the floor at any one time. So I, I'm just looking towards what Spo's going to be able to do, and I see. I feel like he's had a tough time this season of trying to get put pieces together that will actually uh, give him the max, like the, the best chance of winning. Oladipo looks like he struggled ex- extensively, but then he'll have a game the other night where he just shoots lights out and it becomes the spark plug of the bench that we really, really need. So I, I, I just think there's, there's too many question marks coming into the playoffs. By now, we should have figured out a lot of this stuff and we just we just haven't even looked towards it. So that's been interesting to see what's going to happen there. So quick question. Can y'all hear me right now? Yeah, I can hear you. So where did I leave off on before my audio went out? You were talking about uh, Tyler Hero and him being able to to put it together, like right, him. Yeah. And- yeah. Okay. Bet. So, bet. So basically, it's like if Tyler is at a point where it's like he's basically food on defense, like it puts Miami in a tough situation, and it's like. Obviously, you don't want to hurt his confidence by benching him and whatever. 
but it's just such a dangerous game for Miami to play with them because you just need him to step up because if Tyler, whatever it is that he's doing, like the playmaking, I'm completely fine with. And I think he could take that up with, take that up to the next level if he wants to come playoff time. But when it comes to the shooting specifically, it's something that I'm just so skeptical about because we just have not seen him be consistent ever since he came, ever since, you know, we came out of the bubble. And I'm not trying to, you know, go into all that other nonsense. But the truth is, is that for the last two postseasons that he's been in, you know, we just haven't gotten that offensive spark that we need from him to consistently win these games. And I don't, that's why, like, I guess I'm leaning towards more of, you know, the playmaking ability than the shooting because there's also that and then the fact that I think there's a whole thing where the Heat have a losing record when he has, like, 20 or 30-point games. And, you know, I'm not looking off of stats like that and basing my answer completely on, you know, scenarios like those. But, you know, if you're Miami, like, I think you got to be in a situation where, you have to, I mean, if he's able to be consistent with his scoring, that's a great situation for Miami then. But if not, like, I'm just going to play it safe and say that he can do it with his playmaking because at the end of the day, like, I just don't know what to expect from him when it's time to make those shots because there was so much red signs last year. I mean, before he was even injured, we saw in that series against Atlanta, you know, the dude was getting cooked by DeLon Wright. So, you know, I'm not saying this to discourage the guy, but for me personally, I'm leaning more towards the playmaking because we just don't know if he can be that consistent scorer come playoff time. If he can be that, that's perfect and God bless him for it. But, you know, aside from that, like, I just don't have enough trust in him to be that elite scorer for us that we desperately need him to be in order to win that championship. So that's just me personally. I'm going to slightly disagree, and I'll keep it short, just because of how many turnovers, like Hero specifically, has been responsible for in, like, the last four or five games. Like, his ball handling and just kind of uh, not being aware of where he's passing the ball to has been detrimental, like, every fourth quarter, seems like, the past four or five games. I, I would trust him more to get his shot together than to be making plays. Um, because I don't know that his basketball IQ is reliable enough to just be in that position. He's not a Kyle Lowry. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want him to step up in that way. I want him to get his shot together and just be confident. And, you know, I have more hope in that than than him taking care of the ball and not causing turnovers and issues. But right. that's just me. Do we, do we forget so quickly that Tyler Hero tried to kill Eugenius Haslam in a lob? Do we you always know, forget that? Literally, we need to insert that right now because that was nuts. Oh, he my God. Nearly murdered him. Hero man. So <laughs> I do see where y'all are going with it. It's like it's just me being scared of the fact that we just don't know what Tyler will do when it's time to get his shot off. So I that was a really good point that you mentioned, Shy. Like, it's just tough because it's like there's cons with both scenarios. So, I mean, like I said, if Tyler could just hit his shots and just be the consistent guy that we need him to be, then by all means necessary, that's what I'm cool with. Otherwise, like, 
I just don't know, man. It's basically like the 2020 election. Like, you got two options for who you want to vote for, but, you know, both of them are not really good options. So you're kind of picking the lesser of the best. I mean, what's it called? The, I don't know, the lesser of the worst or whatever. So, the lesser of two evils. Yeah, the lesser of two evils. So that's the way how I feel with this situation right now. You know, I don't know if y'all feel the same. I don't know if y'all feel too high with Tyler in his shooting, but I just don't have the proof just yet that he can have consistent games come playoff time when it's time to score. So that's just the way how I stand with it. I, I think it's it's interesting as well that, to look at the, the fact that Jimmy come playoff time, we know, becomes more of a primary ball handler. We've seen it the last, like, especially when they've been playing well. You see how well they, they play when he takes the ball on. So see if Tyler here is basing his game around having the ball in his hands, he's not going to get the same opportunities come playoff time, in my opinion. I don't think they're going to tailor their entire offense around Tyler Hero in terms of giving him the ball to 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 work with over someone like Jimmy Butler, who we know, by the way, he's averaging like 27 points in his last, last five, and he's shooting like, I think it's 50% from the three since the All-Star break. So that's been phenomenal from him. But yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be able to do that. And and we quickly forget that De- Bam and Abaya is probably the most talented player on this team, I, I still feel. I just feel like he can get it done in so many different ways, even more than than Jimmy can at some times. I just feel like he's... I, I don't know. When Jimmy goes in the playoff mode, though, I don't know. I think it's a pretty, pretty simple Jimmy 1, Bam 2, Tyler 3 type of thing. But Bam and Abaya needs to get himself going as well because especially a team like Boston where they're not that um, proficient in their big man lineup. So uh, you even look at a team like um, Milwaukee, how important he's going to be in stopping of um, in stopping like a Giannis or even a Brook Lopez, who's been playing phenomenal as well. I, I feel like Tyler here off the ball is so much more important than Tyler here on the ball, especially if it's, unless it's going to be like Tyler and Bam on the floor at the same time. Yeah. You can assume you can resume yourself as, as the primary ball handler, but um. I'm I'm sitting here saying if Tyler Hero was to be able to shoot off the ball and be more of an option, a threat from the perimeter, that would open up space for Baron Abaya to operate in the paint, giving him more rain, more free, you know, free rain. And that's where you get your looks from. That's where you get your your shots up as if you're Tyler Hero, and that's where you could be your playmaker as well. They only kick it into the paint and give it to Bam if they're closing around the perimeter. But he's just gonna figure out how to not chuck these passes that put people nearly in hospital, and and. Enough of the, you know, the Heat have this weird tendency to 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 try and slide passes under the defender too many times and pass to the feet of of offensive players. I see with Tyler here as well, coming with the pick and roll, like he'll he'll have really great passes every now and again, but sometimes he'll throw it straight to the feet and the ankles of Bam and Abayo, and you see Bam trying to reach down to get it while he's attacking two defenders, and it just gives him such a a hard time in doing it. So I need to see more from Tyler if he wants to become that primary ball handler. In terms of you know, come playoff time, that's when it's most important. I, I'm I'm way more comfortable with him being a perimeter type of player. I think I, I think that the Heat need to stop tr- turning him Tyler here into something that he's not. I don't think he's going to be that. They're treating him like a Steph Curry type of player that someone that that, that has the ball in his hands, gets his shot, does it all as well. We got to remember there's limitations to players. There's there's growth schedules. You you have to abide by them, and I feel like pushing him too far. He's just going to hurt his game rather than help it. Right. So 
it's going to be interesting to see what the Heat do, you know, and how Ty- how they go about it with Tyler. Before we go on to our final topic, is there anything y'all want to say or are we ready to head on to the final topic? I'll take the silence as a no. So, all right, I ain't going to lie with y'all. I'm tired, so please bear with me. <laughs> so, we're going to go into this game against the Knicks. And to those who don't know, it's basically a rematch of the insanity that we saw not too long ago where this man, Julius Randle, hit a whole buzzer beater against us. I'm still sick over it, and I really hope I never see something like that in my life ever again. But I don't know who's injured for New York or who's injured for my... Oh, you know what? Um, Who is it? Cody Zeller is going to be out for tomorrow's game. Apparently, he... Yeah, he's still nursing the... um. What is it? The nasal fracture, I believe it's called. I'm not completely sure. Don't take my word for it. But my guy is still out, you know, rest up to Cody Zeller. Um, but aside from that, man, like, what are y'all expecting for tomorrow's game? And do y'all see the Heat getting the win? And remember, there's huge implications on this. You know, if you look at the standings right now, with Miami being just a couple games away from that five seed where New York is standing at. So who wants to step in and give their take? We'll start off with you, George. I mean, we, we're not going to expect anything less than uh, an extremely exciting game. That The, the game that passed that we that – we, lost the Knicks in that buzzer beater was the most fracturing loss I've felt in such a long time. The fact that Tyler Hero put us in a position to win the game and then to not even contest the shot at the end that I, I don't I don't even know how Randall hit that man. That 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 was excruciating. And he's just coming off a fifty seven point loss. Sorry, I lied. He had fifty seven points in a loss. I if I'm Julius Randall, I am pissed. If I drop nearly 60 and we're still struggling to beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, but by the way, they were shooting the lights out and to still lose, they put up 136 points, I think. I forget what it was. And they gave up 140. It just shows that they're not they're not that team. They're not them, in my opinion. I, I don't care what anyone says, how well they've been playing. I think they've got a good thing going with Brunson, Barrett, and, um, and Randall. I still don't think that they're better than us. I still don't think I, I still really hard find that hard to believe, but if Randall comes out and has anything close to a fifty point game, I'm about to throw hands because if if Bamford doesn't go stop that, you you are the best defender in the NBA in my opinion. Go and stop that man. Literally, and like you know, I can't help but think about the whole thing that um that video that went viral where basically um the lady Ashley Nicole did the interview with Bam and was like who do you think is one of the toughest players to guard in the league is it someone like a Julius Randle and then y'all saw the way how Bam looked at her like you can't have a vi- a video like that go viral and then have someone have a monster game like a guy like Julius Randle so Miami I'm gonna need Bam and everyone else to clamp that man up because I'm never going to repeat what I saw that one night. It was sickening, and we let the Knicks take over our arena. If I have to hear, that's going to be the last time I ever hear someone do that. I'm not with it with these let's go Knicks chants in my own arena. You know what? Like, I'm sick of it, and Miami better pull up and show that they're going to win it, that they're going to come back, get this win and climb up that standings to show the world why they're still capable of winning a championship. I don't know how likely it is going to happen, but, child, I need it in my soul because what we saw that other night was ridiculous. So, 
Miami, please do not fold this. And Shy, the mic is yours. What about you? Um, I think we're going to get the dub. I think we're going to get the dub, but it's going to be like lucky. If that makes sense, it's going to be a situation where we're going to see Hero hit the game winner or I don't know. I, I, I think that we could win, but I don't want to say that. I don't want to jinx it. All right. You know, like, that's how I feel about it, too. I mean, like I said, if the Heat, I, I can't believe I even have to say it, but, like, if the Heat can just lock down Julius Randle, we shouldn't have any problems whatsoever. Another guy to watch out for is Jalen Brunson. The guy's been having an amazing year. He probably should have been an all-star, which definitely is snub in my opinion. And if we could just watch guys like them, we should be good. R.J. Barrett is a bum, so who cares about him? He had a fluke performance last year when he had that 40-whatever-point game against Miami. So don't y'all be buying into his stock. But aside from that, man, the Heat should get the win. We played them twice, by the way. So if we can win both of those games and the Knicks can lose a couple more, there's no reason why the Heat cannot be in a position where they can maybe get the five seed. Like we talked earlier about, oh, potentially facing a team like, I don't know, Milwaukee, Boston, or Philly, but maybe a team like Cleveland if we could get that five seed. I want to gas it up just yet because – we still have to see if the Heat can win these games, but it still is a possibility for Miami. So don't count out you know, the option of us getting that five seed. Aside from that, I feel like we've talked so much. Is there anything that y'all want to say before we close this out? If we don't win that game, I swear to God. Oh my gosh, man. It's going to be something else. And I better not hear no let's go Knicks chance. That was disgusting. That was that was oh vile. It was we're the team that goes into like opponents' arenas and we we start our own chance to hear us in our own building get out out up by Knicks fans. What, bro? I, I don't want to hear. It. I want to hear that. I needed that. Literally, like it was disgusting. And like I said, it's the first and last time I want to see that. But aside from that, Miami Heat go out and get this win. Let's go win, compete for a championship. And also big shout-outs to FAU and UM. Let's see y'all move to the Elite Eight. And aside from that, y'all, thank y'all for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Make sure y'all leave a like, comment, and subscribe. And make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at HVTW Podcast. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Joel K. Jacob underscore George at um, X Heat Lifer and Shy at I am double underscore Cam 14. And aside from that, y'all, we got so much content heading y'all way. We got Culture Shock that will be dropping a new episode real soon. Biscayne Breakdown just dropped their new episode last night. Make sure to check that out. And um, let's see, who else we got? We got a lot of stuff heading our way. We got our Dolphins podcast. If y'all did not see their episode on free agency, um, go ahead and check it out and make sure y'all support Dolphins versus the world. But aside from that, Miami Heat, let's do it. Let's get this win tomorrow night. And aside from that, that's basically it. So hit that music because we out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World Podcast.